0: I need somebody to pull that back because I I might walk and run and shout. I'm a shouter. I'm a. I'm a, Sometimes I get a little loose. Y- y'all all right with that? You cool with that? So I'm gonna move this stuff back. Now am I with? Am I by myself today? Y'all seem a little quiet today. Y'all all right? I'm not gonna be by myself. I might take my shoes off. Is that all right? Is that okay, Ladré? Is, is that good? Is that good? Well, today I want to talk to you guys about a subject that I believe is going to excite you. I'm going to try to do this with my PowerPoint. So i got a PowerPoint in one hand and a mic in the other, so I might get confused. Hopefully I won't. The Word of God, just by itself all you need the bible the bible says that man should not live by bread alone but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god i don't know if you really understand the meaning of that like i didn't understand the meaning of that the bible is saying food to your body is like the word of god to your spirit if man doesn't eat his body is weakened if man doesn't eat the word of god his spirit is weakened you are a dual being you are a spirit man first and a physical man second. And God wants us to understand how important the word of God is to us so that we can live and move like he wants us to in this life. Here's what the Bible says. Here's the word now. I, I see. It ain't, oh, there it is. Okay. The Bible is not an in and itself. But a means to bring men to an intimate and satisfying knowledge of God that they may enter into him, that they may delight in his presence. They may taste and know the inner sweetness of the very God himself in the core and in the center of their hearts. This A.W. told I'm going to go back. Skip a couple verses. The power of God's Word. Listen to this. The Bible is not like any other religious book. It was divinely inspired by God, who used number one, 40 different authors, number two, who wrote 66 different books from three different continents over a period of 1,500 years. This book is not something that man would write because man would not say that he's a sinner. Man on the inside of himself thinks that he's okay. However, that's not my shot. That's not my, uh, there it is. The Bible has one constant message, and this is the message. That salvation through Jesus Christ is first to the Jews and then it's to the Gentiles. Salvation throughout the entire Bible is first to the Jews and then it's to the Gentiles. This is what the Bible looks like if you put it together in a puzzle. Over 1,500 years One man had a peace, another man had a peace, another man had a peace, another man had a peace, and it all formed into the Bible that we have today, the word of God that we have today. This is life to your body, spiritual life. If you don't eat this, if you don't drink this, you are blind as a person walking on this earth. It is your choice whether you will eat or drink this word. It is not God trying to condemn you if you don't, but you are condemned if you don't. Why? Because every word out of the mouth of God has its purpose. He has a purpose for the word of God. And the purpose is to lead the children of Israel and to lead you in out of darkness into light. America is rich, it's prosperous. We have five, six, seven books in these in our house alone of this. We have translation after translation of this in our homes. But how much do you read? How much do you allow it to permeate your spirit? How much do you allow it to feed you in the direction you should go in every day, every aspect of your life? It helps you to prosper. It helps you to be successful. It is not a book that is just a book. It's the very life of God written on paper. The Bible is something. We used to have a little saying. Bible means this is an acronym. It's basic instructions before leaving earth. It's what it is. It shows you how to live your life here on the earth. But as well, it shows you how to live your life after you die and leave this earth. If you don't know the direction you should go, if you don't know how to live your life, if you don't know what to do with your life, the first place you should go is to the word of God. We go to counselors. We go to doctors. We go to get other people's opinions. But we rarely go to God's word. This word has been through tremendous Turmoil to get to us. It has been through tremendous trial to get to us. It has been through ups and downs to get to us. It has gone through hell and high water to get to us. But yet, it's something that we do not take to heart. It's something that we leave on the back shelf of our library. It's something that we leave on the back seat of our cars. Is something that we leave to collect dust, day in and day out. If you don't understand how powerful the word is, I hope you understand today. Now watch this. If I can go, the Bible holds supreme authority above all uh, uh, over all positions, degrees. Status, thoughts, and actions. The Bible is not simply words about God. It is the word of God. It is the voice of God in print. It is active. It's alive. And it's powerful. It's food to your spirit, man. It is something that helps you to become a person that you're not. God's word. It is that. Now watch this. In the 16th century, a French historian, writer, lawyer, and philosopher by the name of Voltaire, who was famous for his attack on the Catholic Church, said this about the Bible. In another century, there will not be another Bible on the earth. Voltaire spent his life as a lawyer trying to attack the word of God. But he didn't know something. He didn't know this. He didn't know Isaiah 40, verse 8. He didn't say, the the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. He didn't obviously know that scripture. He didn't know what that meant. Now, with his sarcasm and with his way of thinking, this is what my dad told me a long time ago. So when you when you become high and pious and you get your education, he you said, son, remember this. Too much education will make you stupid. <laughs> what was he saying? Don't forget the God of your education. Don't forget God because if you forget God, it will make you think like Voltaire. It will make you think that the word of God is going to be defunct. But this is what someone wrote about Voltaire when he said that. Voltaire expected that within 50 years of his lifetime, there would be no, not one Bible in the world. But now his house is now a distribution center for Bible for many languages. Corey ten Boom. A bit of sarcasm in there. You say the Bible is not going to be alive in 50 years. You didn't read Isaiah 40 verse 8. And this is what you get. Your house is going to be a distribution center. Four Bibles of many languages. That is God preserving his word. That is God saying, you, I don't care who you are. I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care what you accomplish in your life. I don't care how far you grow as a lawyer. You will not look at my word and think it will be something that it's not. I am God. My word will accomplish what I have set it out to do. How many of us think this? But hear this. The Bible is not, it's not a mere book. It's not a book, it's, but it's a living creature. This is what Napoleon said. He said, it's a living creature with the power that conquers all that oppose it. Now, I wouldn't call the Bible a creature, but I get his point. It's not a book. It's a living being and. Anyone who tries to oppose it will fall. Everyone who tries to oppose it will fall. Anyone in their right mind or their wrong mind who tried to oppose the Bible, it will not work. Voltaire was not the only one who tried to destroy the word. You have many people that tried, but many people have fallen. Why? Because the word of God will march on and on and on and on. It will do what it's supposed to do. Not because we think it's supposed to do it, but because God said it would. And when God said it, it's over. When God said it, he meant it. When God said it, there's no, consequence, there's, there's no conversation. It is not something that we look at and say this is an option. It is something that we look at and say, what is my option? What do I do with this word that God gives me? How will I respond to this word? You either have one or two responses. You will say, "Okay, it is God. He is he is who he says he is," or you will push away from it. God's word God's word. He is serious. He is all powerful. He is all-knowing. He is the great I am and he will not let anyone stand in the way of his truth marching on. Not me, not you, not even devils. His truth will continue to march on. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 said this. For the word of God is living and is active and is sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. We look at this scripture and we sometimes look at it and we say, okay, man, that's the power of the word of God. But in the context of of the book of Hebrews, this verse meant controversy and conflict to the children of Israel, to specifically Jews. This is not something that they looked at and said, man, this is a great scripture like we do today. This scripture is not something they look at and said, man, I want this in my life. They looked at the scripture and said, okay, this is not something that I want to have in my life. Why? Because it brought conflict and controversy in their lives when they read that particular verse. We read that verse today and say, man, the word is powerful. Ooh, it, shall, it cuts the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. Man, that's some good stuff. But in the context of that surrounding, the book of Hebrews is what I'm talking about. In the context of what was happening in the first century when the church was being born, the book of Hebrews was not a good book for Jews. The book of Hebrews was a book of, like I said, conflict for Jews because it it made them make decisions against their religion. It made them go against thousands of years of teaching when it came to Judaism versus Christianity. All of a sudden, this this particular one scripture, this one scripture is surrounded by other scriptures that Paul talked about and said, listen, here is why you as Jews should believe in Jesus. He is the fulfillment of the prophecies that this book talked about. There was a couple of Jews who started believing, but they didn't want to make any noise about it. Then there were a couple more Jews who started believing, said, man. This Jesus must be the real deal. He must be the fulfilled prophecy. He must be the Messiah. But they had to keep quiet. Remember remember John chapter 3 when Nicodemus had to go speak to Jesus in the nighttime? You know why he spoke to him at night? Because it was a conflict of interest. If Jesus is who he said he would, was I can't let the rest of my homies see me with Jesus in the daytime. Because if they see me in the daytime, then, then what I'm saying is, I believe what he's saying. So guess what I gotta do? I gotta creep. Jesus, come on. Can you hang with me at 12 midnight tonight? I'll see you at night, 12. I don't want nobody to know what's going on, but let me hang with you at 12 tonight so that I can get some understanding on what this thing is about. I want to understand this whole being born again thing, Jesus, because, you know, I can't let, because, you know, I, I am one of the priests. I am one of the boys up, in, you know, they see me with you, they might throw me out. So can we meet 12 o'clock tonight? Don't tell nobody, though. Me and you, let's just go hang out. Sure, j- sure. Jesus, how you be born again? Can you enter in somebody's mother? No, he got education, right? Can you end into your mama's womb again and be like, what are you talking about being born again, Uh, Jesus? what, What are you saying to me? That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. You must be born again of the water and the spirit. So this is the setting of Hebrews. Man, could you imagine you having to make a decision to push aside your heritage? Push aside all that you were taught as a child. To push aside everything that was being taught to you. You go into the synagogues at 12 years old and you learn the Torah and you're learning the, the laws, the 613 books. You had to push all of that aside and say, Jesus is the fulfillment of that prophecy. Can you imagine how Nicodemus felt going to Jesus late at night to get some understanding? What his culture said to him? What would his culture say to him if he was seen with Jesus? He was one of the high priests. Well, that was the setting of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It wasn't about the word of God being sharp. It was about the Jews actually choosing between Judaism and Christianity. It had gotten so bad at this point that Jews were being converted and the Jews, Jewish leaders were like, wait a, minute, wait a minute, what's going on? They started turning against Christians because so many Christians, so many Jews were becoming Christians. So controversy was happening between the, within the Jewish sect. It was happening. And all of a sudden, Hebrews chapter 4, the, the, the entire book of Hebrews was written by Paul. And he says, man, what, listen, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. This is the first thing Paul said. I'm not ashamed. Let me tell you, y'all, Jews, Jew, this is the fulfillment of the prophecies that we talked about. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the word of God. He is the truth. Come on, let's get on with him. Let's hang with Jesus. Let's go with him until we die. Let's move along and do the thing that God has called us to do. Because guess what? Salvation is to the Jew first and to the Gentiles. Even to the point where Paul said, I will give my life for my people. And he was saying, This is it. Follow Jesus, Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Come to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the one that you're looking for. There's no other one that's going to come besides him. It is he that gives life. It is him. Paul is proclaiming to all the Jewish. This is it. But what happened? Jews. Jews. To the point where they started putting other Jews who became believers out of the synagogues. If you become a Christian, this is what's going to happen. You are no longer welcome here. It's kind of like whites only colored. If you do this, you're not welcome here. If this is what you do, you can't come here. I can't imagine being back in the 60s. I was born in 67, but I was a baby. I I couldn't imagine being there with Dr. King. I couldn't imagine. I know some black people will say, you know, I would have did this, I would have did that. I would have did all of this, I would have did all of that. Man, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to give you a parallel between the Jewish culture in the first century and Christianity as opposed to being black and white in America. Here's the deal. Some whites said, look, this ain't right. We're going to stand with Dr. King. Could you imagine the rhetoric they got from their family? Could you imagine Tape mongers, they, get, they got called. Could you imagine the names, that they, the end were end lovers. I would say it, but I'm being taped. <laughs> they got called everything under the book. But they stood for what was right. I'm talking about white people. I'm not talking about black people. I'm talking about white people. So they stood for what was right. I can't imagine what that felt like. To be pushed out of your own culture because you love someone else because of what they've done. can't imagine that. That's the setting of the Jewish culture when Christianity is being introduced to them apart from Judaism. Jesus is the way. Okay, Jesus is the way. You go that way if you want to. This is the way I'm going. Oh, by the way, since you are saying Jesus is the way, you are no longer welcome in our synagogues. Can't come here anymore. Can't do it anymore. You're no longer welcome. You are an ex. That's not who you are. So we're not going to allow you to become something you're not. So we're going to put you out. Cannot imagine that. But salvation is not just to the Jews, but to the Gentiles also. Salvation is not just for white people, but for black people as well. It's for everybody. You and I have choices to make. So watch this. I just gave you all this information. Here's the, here's the word. For the word of God is living. The word of God is living. The word of God correlates with the, divi- it's the divine expression of God. John chapter 1, 2 I mean, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. The word of God, the word of God, the word of God is what? It is living. That scripture correlates with 1 with Peter chapter 1, verse 23. And if I could read all these scriptures, I would, but I'm, which you'll see in a minute. The Word of God is living, it is living. It is like medicine to your body. It's life to your spirit. It is something that you have to eat and drink every day. It's living. It's not only is it living, but it's active. When you put words in your, when you put the Word of God into your spirit, it becomes a, it activates something. Your spirit connecting with the word allows the Holy Spirit to do what He's going to do in your life. It is active, not only is it active, it's living, it's active, and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17, it's sharp, it cuts, it judges, it does everything to you that you don't want done to you. It helps you. The word of God is a help to your spirit, man. It cuts away stuff that should not be there. It's sharp. It does things that you don't want it to do to you. But also it pierces as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. What does it do? It's sharp. What does it do? It divides. What does it do? It's sharp. What does it do? What is it? What does it do? What does it do? Just <laughs> mess with y'all for a second. Sharp divides. Judges. Sharp divides judges, it's sharp, it divides, it judges what? Thoughts and actions and the intentions of the heart. So when the Hebrews heard this, when the Jews heard this, that it's sharp, it judges the thoughts and the intents of the heart, it was saying, make a decision. The word is make a decision. It's, going, it's, it's harsh, it's, it, it judges, it divides, it cuts, it judges your thought. Make the decision to either to follow Jesus or follow Judaism. Man, that's a hard, it, it, just imagine, hey, let's go down your street to your mailbox, to your door, open the door, and drop this mail off to you. Imagine. Someone telling you comes to your door, accept Christ or die. Or put it this way, accept Muhammad or die. What would you do? How would you respond? I know I would think that I would do right. I know I think that I would be like, you know what? I would proclaim Jesus till I die. I know I think I would say that. But someone come to my door, knock on my door, say, accept Islam or die, I might have to have the peace of God with me at that moment. The peace meaning. 3, Forty-five. <laughs> the peace meaning, you know, 22, the peace meaning I may have to protect myself from some idiot to say to me, accept Muslim or die. I don't know if I had the faith to say, you're not going to make it, bruh. I don't know. I, I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's what happened with with the Jews in the first century. And I'm sorry to say, I'm I'm not I'm not being a bad prophet. We're coming to a time where we're going to have to make decisions. We're going to have to make decisions either to choose. To walk in the salvation of the Lord, or to choose our own path, I mean because here here's the deal I mean and I know this to be true, and I know you do too to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord, but ain't nobody trying to die yet who's trying to die I, we we know that. Death is the destiny of every man, and the living should take this as a heart. But you know, but who's trying to go that way? We all trying to fight it. We all trying to fight death. We don't like it. We know that it's true, but yet still we we have this urge to live. We desire to live. That's why in the first century Jews hid. Hey. Find the last century, they're going to hide again. Everyone has a a choice to make. Everybody wants to live. However, here's the goodness of God. Here's the blessing of God. Here is how God is so good to us. He knew from the beginning of time that this was going to happen. And the grace of God is this. We have salvation through Christ. We have salvation through the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And throughout all eternity, throughout all the earth, the earth proclaims His glory, the earth proclaims His goodness. Jesus is the King of Kings, He is the Lord of Lords, He is the great Redeemer, He is the Alpha, the Omega. And the word of God speaks of him from cover to cover. Jesus being the great redeemer from the beginning of Genesis to the book of Revelation. And everything in between, it speaks of our king, it speaks of our lord, it speaks of our savior, it speaks of the one who gives life, it speaks of the one who knows how to help you through your issues, it speaks of the one who gets you through this life and gives you abundant life to come. It speaks of everything that we need to know about Christ. Jesus is the one that we need to follow because Jesus has the words of life. Like Peter said, who shall we follow? You have the words of eternal life. You're the one who got it. You are the one Jesus. And Jew and Gentile alike. One day, everyone, the Bible says and declares, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is what? to the glory of God the Father, one day it's going to happen. This book is about salvation from cover to cover, from end to end. This book is about spiritual life and health. This book is about you understanding The thinking of your God, your father. This book is about God saying, I love you as my child. I want you to be with me. So, therefore, I'm going to give you something to show you how to live your life. This book is how you success, find success. No other book. The Bible. The Word of God. How you live your life, the word of God, is how you and I find salvation. And watch this. Every scripture that I I gave to you from Hebrews chapter 12 that's found in these, uh, uh, the, the red lines, all that, watch what it says. All the scriptures I put together in one paragraph. Look at this. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and abiding word of God. And for this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received from us the word of God's message, you accepted it not as the words of men, but for what what it really is, the word of God. Which is also, which performs its work in you who believe. Now may the God of peace sanctify you entirely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and watch over your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the springs of life. That's the message of salvation found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. This is the message. God's word works perfectly together and speaks of one message and one message alone. That is salvation. Salvation for all men, first to the Jews and then the Gentiles. The question, though, is what will you do with it? What's your response to it? Listen, there is salvation for your marriage if it's broken. There is salvation for you as a single person if you're broken. There is salvation for you in your finances if you're broken. There's salvation for you in every aspect of your life because God's word says he gives us everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness. But the question to you, is will you be like Voltaire and reject the word of God? Or will you be like Nicodemus? At least he went and said, okay, I need to find out what this thing is about. For where you are in your life right now, what do you need? Do you need salvation for yourself? Do you need your marriage to be saved? What is it? Now, as the guys come back and play, I know where, where are they are now. The guys come back and play. I want to take some time for you. Don't come before me. Come before the Lord. In these last eight minutes or so, you get your heart right, right with God. You talk to God. You tell him where you are. Have you been treating this word like it's just another book? Or is it something that you really need for your life? It's up to you. So let's pray. Lord, the word of God is true. play softly in the back. The word of God is true. Not because we say it is, but because you have said it is. So as you're praying today, if you need to come before the altar and just talk to the Lord yourself, we make this time for you.
1: So.
2: October is going to be October 29th, right here at the church. Um, Everybody's invited, you, your family, and your friends. What this is going to be is trunk or treat. Has anybody heard of that? All right, so what this involves is decorating your trunks, the trunks of your car, and uh, bring candy to pass out to the kids. There's also going to be a chili cook-off and a potluck. So, you chili makers out there make sure you go and sign up in the lobby and you can start doing that today if you want to participate in the festivities so um, yeah go look for that host a trunk Um, and also if you're going to bring something for the potluck make sure you share that okay if you want to stand up and we'll pray dismiss us Father God we thank you so much for your word we thank you that it does divide God that it reveals our intentions. I pray, Father, that we walk away from here hungry for your word, craving what you have for us like we do the snack that we think about, the salty snack, the sweet snack that we crave. God, I pray that we will just crave your word in the same way, Father. Let us keep our hearts open for what you want to pour into us so we can go out and pour out to others exactly how you want us to. We thank you for this time. Thank you for the word. Thank you for Pastor Daryl. And I just pray for everybody this week, God, that you will give us an opportunity to share the love of Jesus with somebody that we may or may not know, Father. I pray that we will listen to your spirit, what you have us to do this week. And we give you all the glory and the praise in the most precious name that I know, Jesus. Amen.